receive God's instruction. So Sunday definitely is my favorite day of the week, uh, just to be able to, to be here with you. And uh, for you guys that are at home, we love you guys. We miss you. We know that a lot of you guys have been reaching out during these uh, 21 days of prayer and uh, reaching out personally why you guys uh, haven't been able to come back to the physical service. And I understand that everybody has uh, their own circumstance, but I'm so glad that you're tuning in this morning uh, through those cameras, right? And uh, if there's anybody here that is visiting us for the first time or connecting for the first time, we want to welcome you, all right? My name is Pastor Chris Garcia, and uh, I just have the greatest privilege on earth, which is to be the pastor of Numa Church, because we really believe that this is a beautiful, special, spiritual family. So uh, if you're here, we want to welcome you today. And uh, we're so glad that you're giving us uh, these next few minutes of your life, these next few minutes of your morning, and just being able to connect, because I really believe that God has a purpose and a plan for you. So we would like to know who you are. And there's a couple of ways that we could do that. One is that on the seat in front of you, or you guys that are connected online through our webpage, there's a connect card. All right. And you could take that connect card and fill it out. And at the end, you could put it uh, in those, uh, I don't even know what to call it, but those things up on the wall. All right. Those are for the offering actually, but you could put it there or give it to uh, in the information center at the end, all right? Number one. Number two, we have a welcome room that we've uh, designed so that we can meet our visitors. And church, every time that you bring a visitor, I want to encourage you that you bring them, okay, to that welcome lounge. Because for me and for my wife, it's a great privilege to be able to meet your visits, the people that you guys have been praying for, inviting here. So always make sure that you take them there just for a moment. We're not going to keep them long, but it is a blessing to do that, all right? And uh, we started this past week with our 21 days of prayer. How many of you guys have been participating in one way or the other of the 21 days of prayer? All right. Hasn't it been fantastic? It's been amazing, all right? Today, uh, we're going into the eighth day, and I want to say that I've been so encouraged to come here at six in the morning. Let me tell you, it's been the largest crowd that we've been gathering since we started these 21 days of prayer five years ago. The largest group turnout at 6 a.m. has been during this season. I've been blown away by the people that have been showing up here at 6 a.m. Actually, the first day, which was Monday of, of last week, uh, it was amazing. I got here at 6.40, and I already had two cars that were waiting outside the gate at, at, at 5.40, at 5.40 in the morning. There was two cars already that were waiting outside the gate, and I was like, wow, our church is really taking this serious. And I want to encourage you, all right, to continue. Those of you guys that are fasting, all right, I know some of you guys are fasting, doing a food fast, all right, uh, hang in there, all right? We're, we're going at it, and God's showing up in a mighty way. And those of you guys that are fasting in different ways, I know people that are doing a social media fast. Uh, I think you chose a good week to do that, all right? Uh, with everything that's been going on, I think that that was a good week to do that. But uh, let me tell you guys uh, that we will continue this whole week, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m., in this place, Saturday at 9 a.m. and at noontime on social media. So we want to make sure that you guys are doing that, all right? Today, we're doing day eight in our devotional book, all right? We we're following a devotional book. Today is day eight, and I want to encourage you to read it. I read it this morning at home, and it was so, so powerful. If you don't have it, you could download it on our webpage. It's there, you guys at home. We have it in Spanish or English, all right? And one one of our main things during these 21 days of prayer has been that we've been praying for 10 people, all right? We, we gave out these cards right at the end of the year, okay, called 10 people that I want God to bless, all right? And we're praying for 10 family members, friends, co-workers, uh, people that go to school with us. We're praying for these 10 people that they could encounter God, that they can have a relationship with Jesus, all right? And I want to encourage you guys that you would continue doing that, all right? How many of you guys did get that little card and are praying for people right now? Continue. 
Continue doing that, all right? If you don't have it at the end of the service, at the information center, you can pick up that little card and uh, make sure that you pick it up on the way out and, and you are praying for people. We're doing that. We want to invite those people to church during these next few weeks, all right? Those people that you're praying for, you're reaching out to them. If they're here locally, we want to invite them to church. If they're not here locally, we want to invite them to connect online, all right? And we really believe that God is doing a work in their hearts as we pray, all right? Let me tell you something. Prayer works, all right? And I'm not just telling you that uh, to try to convince you. I'm a testimony that prayer works, all right? My aunt presented the gospel to me when I was eight years old, and I received Christ, but there was no fruit. And until I was 18, didn't fruit start to come forth. And my aunt told me there was not one day that I did not stop praying for you. She prayed for me every day. And she couldn't believe when I turned out to be a pastor. She goes, I, 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 I was praying for you, but I didn't know God was going to take that prayer that way. And I'm like, hey, God works in mysterious ways. You know what I'm saying? So keep praying for those people. We also have these cards back there that you could take, okay, they're called Acts of Kindness, all right? And we want to encourage you, Numa Church, to be a church that manifests God's love with your kindness. So as you go out into the community, you go to a restaurant, you're in communication with people, take those Acts of Kindness cards, and as you act in compassion and love, maybe in generosity, you leave them that card, it says something extra to show you that God loves you. And we want to make sure, man, that we take, okay, Miami-Dade County by storm starting 2021 with God's love and compassion and reach out to people in the midst of the situation that they're in. How many of us have friends or family members that do not know the Lord yet, that we know that God wants to encounter them? Raise your hands. You have friends. You have family members. Neighbors. God wants to reach those guys, all right? And he wants to use us for that. And lastly... As we get into today's message, before we get into this, is that we have step two of our growth track, all right? And if you are new to this house or not have gone, you have not gone through the growth track, you need to do that, all right? 2021 is your commitment to do growth track. It's four steps, four Sundays. Last week, it was packed, all right? During the second service, it's the growth track in English, all right? Right now, growth track is in Spanish going on. And the second service was packed out with people from your service that went after you heard the message and did step one. Today is step two, so continue on that journey, I really believe that you're going to connect in an amazing way with the purposes that God has for your life, all right? And uh, today we're going to start a new message series, all right? It's our first series of 2021, all right? And uh, I'm so glad that we're going to get into this series today because I really believe that the topic that we're going to be speaking about is crucial in the times that we're living I really believe it's crucial in our nation right now what we're going to be talking about in this season, in these next six weeks that we're going to be in this topic. I want to let you know that some of us saw everything that went on in Washington and in our nation this week, and, and we look and we start to point fingers and we start to blame and we start to call out people. But I want to tell you guys something, that the problems that we're having as a nation, they don't start in Washington, D.C. They, they don't start there, all right? Uh, they don't start in the White House either. I want you guys, church, to understand this. The problems that we're facing as a nation and as a world, all right, they start in the home of each of us. It starts at home. It starts with us. It starts in our homes. It starts in our marriages, all right? Married couples. We're going to be getting into that during this series, all right? It starts in our marriage. It starts with the upbringing of our children. I love to see parents this morning that have some of their kids here, all right? And, and, and I love to see that because the upbringing of your children is so, so important. It starts with the concepts of family that we've been taught. The way that we see family, the concepts that, that they've put into, into our mind, the way that our parents brought us up. All these things, all right, are the cause of the problems that we're facing as a nation right now. All these things are the genesis. The word genesis means beginning 
of the problems that we are facing today. We are starting a six-week series. We're going to go for six weeks, starting today all the way to February 14th, Valentine's Day, all right? And on Valentine's Day, we're going to close out this series, and it's going to be powerful, all right? But the series is called Family Matters. Family Matters. Why? Because families do matter. They are important to God, and I want you guys to bow your heads with me this morning because I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you guys here, you guys that are at home. Father, we just thank you. Thank you so much because you are in this place and you are moving upon our lives and our hearts. And I just pray right now for everyone that is part of this beautiful congregation of NUMA and whatever guests we might have here this morning, whoever we might have that is tuning in through those cameras, Father, touch them, Lord. I declare your angels move in this place right now, Lord, and make sure that the hearts are tuned in and you bring to them, Lord God, what you've prepared for them this morning. Use me as your vessel to communicate your word in Jesus' mighty name. And as people say, amen. There's five major institutions in our society. Five major institutions. I went to various websites I, I, I really wanted to study this and make sure that I would get this down. And all these websites coincided on these five major institutions in our society. Family, government, economy, education, and religion. Those five things that I just mentioned there are what are considered to be the five major institutions of a society. Now, the first institution, okay, that God established here on earth was government, okay? The first institution that God established here on earth was government. Now, not man's government, God's government, his kingdom was the first institution that he established. The Bible says in Genesis that the earth was formless and void and the Spirit of God moved upon the waters. And he started to bring order. He started to manifest his kingdom. He started to manifest his government. That was the first institution. And that government, you're going to see how all these five intertwined, was to be run by a man and a woman that would have a relationship with him. That's what the world calls religion, the second institution. But it was not religion, it was relationship. Man turned it into religion. So the first institution God established was government. The second one was relationship with him, because then he created Adam and Eve and he put them in the garden, okay? And that second relationship, okay, I mean that second institution okay, should really be our number one priority for each of us, which is our relationship with God. And as we establish relationship with him, we establish his kingdom as we go, all right? And that man and a woman were supposed to form the third institution, a family. Can you say that with me? Family. Say that with me. Family, okay? That man and the woman were to form a family that would be the source of education, fourth institution, Okay, and would produce a thriving economy. Fifth institution. You see them all there in Genesis, how God put them all together to work according to his will, according to his purpose. The question that I have for you guys, church, this morning is, what is the condition of those five institutions as we live and walk right now? What is the condition of those five institutions? Chaotic, <laughs> chaotic, uh, crumbling, falling apart, messed up. We could all put definitions for those five institutions right now. And, and the way that, that, that we see what is going on. Now, last year, I did a 16-week series, 16 weeks. It's been the longest series I've done since I've been the pastor of this church called Kingdom Come, speaking about God's kingdom. And if you were here for that, I know that you were blessed, okay? If you were not, I want to encourage you to go to our YouTube channel, Numa Church Miami, and subscribe to that channel and listen to those 16 messages. I didn't preach all 16 of them, 
Okay, some of them my wife preached, other pastors and the team preached. But let me tell you something. We spoke about God's kingdom and his government and the way he created things to be. And if you did hear it, you want to refresh yourself with some of these things. Now, today, we're going to dive in to that important topic of family. All right? And today's message is called Family, God's Design. Family, God's Design. That is the title of today's message because family is God's design. He created it, and he wants it to function correctly. Let me tell you something, okay? Today we're going to learn that God wants your family to be blessed, and he wants your family to be a blessing, and how that could happen through your family. That's what we're going to learn this morning, okay? Your family was designed for this. You might look at your family this morning and say, Pastor, is that you don't know my family. You don't know my tribe. You don't know my people. Okay, we're a little bit messed up. Not everybody's there. We get it. We all have people in our family that they're not completely there. Okay, we all have a crazy uncle or something like that. All right. Yeah, maybe in my family, I might be one of those crazy uncles. But anyways. All right. I know that we don't have perfect families. But God, listen to this, he created your family to be blessed and to be a blessing. Okay? And I want you to go with me to Genesis chapter 18. This is actually one of those verses from our devotional this week. And uh, man, I couldn't put this verse down. I just kept on meditating on it. Genesis 18, we're going to look at verse 17 through 19. Genesis 18, verse 17 through 19. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. And the Lord says this. Should I hide, okay, my plan from Abraham, the Lord asks. For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations will be blessed through him. I have singled him out. That he will direct his sons and their families to keep the ways of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. What a powerful scripture. And as we look into this, you might be here this morning and like, Pastor, I, I really don't know who Abraham is, sir. I, 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 can you please let me know a little bit about this guy? Okay, so Abraham, okay, is what we would consider or call the father of the monotheistic faith. Until that moment, okay, people had many gods and different gods. And God decided to call Abraham out, okay, and through him, okay, Form or bring back what was to be a relationship between men and God. So what we consider today the monotheistic faiths, all right, the biggest ones, which is, okay, Christianity, Judaism, and, and, uh, and Islam, okay, they all trace back the roots to who? They trace back the roots to Abraham, okay? God takes Abraham out of his father's house. His father's house, his father was named Terah. Okay, and decides to start a nation through him. God decides to start a nation through him. Okay, and as that's going on, Abraham and God just start to develop this amazing relationship. An amazing friendship, an amazing relationship. Actually, the scripture that we just read, God is about to do something. And he goes, shall I hide from my friend Abraham what I'm about to do? Imagine getting to that point, a relationship with God. That guy said, man, I'm about to do something, but I got to tell my boy, man. I got to tell my friend. I got to tell this guy what I'm about to do. That's how close they got. If God wanted to talk to somebody, he would keep Abraham awake at night. <laughs> There's some times at night that I'm, I can't fall asleep and I'm tossing and turning. And I'm like, Lord, what is it? <laughs> what do you want to tell me? What's going on? Please let me sleep, you know. I get cranky when two things happen, when I don't eat on time or when I don't sleep. All right. Does that happen to anybody here? All right. And I'm like, Lord, tomorrow I got to be up early. Please let me. That's Abraham had that type of relationship with God. Okay. And if we look at Abraham, okay, we will see 
the design of family as originated by God. And you're like, well, Abraham came later than Adam and Eve. Why? Okay, but listen, because God is starting from scratch with Abraham. God is starting from scratch a nation that he wants to use to bless the world. And he starts with Abraham, okay? nation that would honor God, that would worship him, that would live for his purpose. And God chooses this one man to start this nation. No, no big responsibility, right? <laughs> like, I just want to use you to start a whole nation, all right? And you're going to be the main guy here. And this verse reveals so much. Listen, for Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. So the question that I want to raise up is, how can Abraham become a great and mighty nation? He's one man. How can one man become a great or mighty nation? Easy. Through family. As he grows, as he has children, and his children intermarry, and they start to have children, that one man would become what? A mighty, mighty nation. But not just a family, because we all have families, right? But a nation or a family, listen to this, upon whom God's hand will rest. Whom God's hand of blessing would be upon God had told Abraham before in Genesis 12. God told him this, I will bless you and you will become great and become a blessing. So listen to all these things that God is saying, okay? So in God's plan, I want you to write this down. Number one, in God's plan, because we're talking about his design for family, okay? In God's plan is that your family would be blessed. Write that down. In God's plan, you guys at home, is that your family would be blessed. And let me explain this morning what it means to have a blessed family. Because I was like, Lord, what does a blessed family look like? Does a blessed family have to do with, you know, with, you know, being lovey-dovey all the time and not having problems and having a nice house and a beautiful car and, and children that never even get a, a scratch on them? Is that what a blessed family looks like? And, of course, no. <laughs> That's not what a blessed family looks like. I wrote these things here of what I would consider a blessed family to be, I, number one, a marriage composed of emotionally healthy individuals, not perfect, but emotionally healthy, who have placed God first in their lives by seeking and honoring Him. I would consider that to be the number one component of a blessed family. Kids that are being brought up in the instructions of God. Seeds of faith are being planted into their hearts so that they grow up and they have the character to live lives that honor God. I would consider that to be part of a blessed family. Unity, love, and honor for each member of that family. I would consider that to be part of a blessed family. A blessed family is financially healthy, not rich. To be generous with their resources. In other words, they're good stewards. Isn't that what God told Adam and Eve? He gave them the garden and he told them, listen, I want you to take care of this. I want you to cultivate it and I want you to multiply it. In other words, take care. Be a good steward of what I've given you. And lastly, I put here, a blessed family demonstrates God's goodness and compassion by, by making a difference through their service in his kingdom. I would consider these five things to be part of what a blessed family is. In short, you could see God at home in a blessed family. You could see God there present. There's something different about that family. It stands out. And God's plan it's not only that your family will be blessed, 
But listen to this, that your family would be a blessing. Okay, that's what he told Abraham, that he would be a blessing. Okay, his desire, God's desire, church, all right, is to bless your family so that the, listen to this, so that through your family, the earth would be blessed. I want that to sink that into your heart for a second. God wants to bless your family so that through your family, the land, the earth, wherever you live, would be blessed. Miami should be a better place because our families are here in the city. Kendall should be a better place because Numa Church gathers. And when Numa Church gathers, there's healthy families, not perfect families, but healthy families that come and are a part of this area of our cities. The land, the earth shall be blessed by healthy families. The issues that we're having, listen to this, is that families are not being blessed by God. You're like, Pastor, what do you mean by that? Families are not being blessed by God because families are not walking according to God's design. And God could only bless that that goes according to his design. So if you look at the chaos that we have at home, we look at the brokenness, we look at the pain, we look at the hurt that it's manifesting, and it's, 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 it's overpouring all the way to the streets of our nation. You look into this and you're saying, what is going on? You're looking at families that have issues, that have tweaked, have messed with God's design so God cannot bless the way that he wants to bless. So then today we have people that are defining family. For example, we have doctors that are defining the roles of family. We have psychologists that are defining how families should look like. We have sociologists. We have the media. We have talk show hosts defining what family should look like. We have celebrities. We have sports stars. Everybody is throwing in their two cents. We have politicians trying to define and say what family should look like, and they all have a say into the design and into the purpose. But today, church, we got to come to the realization that if we want our families to be blessed and we want our families to be a blessing, we got to go back to God's original design because he's the one that created family. Family is God's idea. And it's a good idea. When I look at my wife and I look at my children, I'm like, this is good. This is good. This is God's idea. Every husband that is here today, okay, should look to his wife and say, this is good. Because that's what God saw when he created them. And he blessed them, the Bible says. Every mom and dad should look at their children and not scratch their head and say, what am I going to do with this person? But say, you know what? Even though they're growing and they're maturing, this is good. God's design for the family. So if God wants to bless the earth through blessed families that follow his design, how is a family a blessing? That's where I want to spend the last few minutes that I have this morning. How is a family a blessing? Well, verse 19 right there in Genesis 18 says, I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the ways of the Lord by doing what is right and just. In this Bible verse, we see three things right there. That God says about Abraham and his family, by which a family becomes a blessing. There's three things that are right there. Number one, a family is a blessing by understanding that they have a purpose and are called to leave a legacy. Look at me for a second. Your family becomes a blessing when it understands there's a purpose for your family. And that God wants to leave a legacy through your family. That the days that you're long gone from here, that legacy will continue. 
That's how a family starts to become a blessing. Listen to what God says. I have singled him out. God singled Abraham out. And if you connect this with the conversations that God had with Abraham back to Genesis 12 and Genesis 18, one of the ways that he singled him out was by giving him a name. In Genesis 12, 2, it says, I will give you a great name, a famous name. I will single you out. Abraham walked on this earth over 4,000 years ago, and we're still talking about him. Still famous. Still his name stands out. God singled him out by giving him a name, okay? A name. What does a name have to do with something? It has to do with purpose, and it has to do with legacy. When you hear a name, a name of somebody that, for example, I was watching a football game last night. And Tampa Bay was playing. And the quarterback for Tampa Bay is Tom Brady. Tom Brady has won six NFL championships. You hear Tom Brady, and what do you think of? Greatness. Maybe the best ever to throw a football. You think of Michael Jordan. What do you think about? A name. What does that name bring? Best basketball player. You hear of Pelé or you hear of Maradona. What do you think about? A name, a legacy. Best soccer player. A name. Okay, stands out. It talks about what? It talks about purpose. Talks about what? It talks about legacy. Purpose, listen to this church, is understanding that your family is here on earth to fulfill something that is in God's heart. You're part of that tribe because God wants to do something on earth together with that tribe. Do you believe that? God wants to do something together with you guys as a family that will bless earth. Like the only thing we do good together is fight. Well, maybe God wants to. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> maybe God wants to show the earth how to fight. No, 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 no. <laughs> but there's something. That together, there's a purpose where he brought you together. There's a purpose why you were born to that mom and that dad. Why wasn't I born to, you know, such and such? You know, like, man, I wish I would have been born to Jeff Bessels or Elon Musk or something like that, you know. This week, okay, Elon Musk became the richest man in the world, okay. Poor guys inflicted by a disease called wealth, all right. $186 billion is his net worth. Man, that guy can spend a billion dollars a, a year for the rest of it, and he doesn't spend all his money. It's crazy, all right? But God wanted you to be born in the family that you're born. And God wanted you to marry, hopefully, the wife that is sitting next to you and the children that you have because he has a purpose through them. And then legacy, legacy, all right? Legacy is what you leave behind when you're no longer here. Legacy is what you leave behind when you are no longer here. The way that they'll speak about you when you're no longer here, when you pass away. What legacy are we working towards? What are they going to say about us when we're no longer walking here on this earth? Pastor Larry Stockso has spoken to us about a guy named Danny Ost. And Danny also was one of his spiritual giants. And he would say how Danny was a missionary in Mexico. And how as a young man, he went over there and he started to evangelize and start churches in the poorest places and the slums and in the places where there's garbage dumps and kids are getting food from those dumps. Danny started to evangelize people and open up churches and in all those places and all of a sudden one church, two churches, it started to become 10 and 15 and 20 and by the time that he passed away it was over a hundred congregations that he would start in all those places. But he had such a hunger for souls and for people to know the Lord that on his tomb, okay, on his tomb, there's a little basket that hangs from the rock of the tomb with 
tracks, gospel tracks on how you could get saved. And on the tomb, it says, if you want to know what was Danny's greatest joy in life, please take one of these and read it. He made provision to evangelize even while he's dead. That's a legacy. That while you're dead, you're still speaking. A book that you write. A design that comes out of you. Something that blesses the world. Your family is created for legacy. I want you to know that, church. For purpose and for legacy. All right? God wants your family to leave a legacy here on this earth. How many of you guys want that for their, your family? I, I want that for my family. I want my kids, I want my grandkids to love the Lord even more than I do. A family is a blessing. Number two, a family is a blessing by following God's direction for family. A family is a blessing by following God's directions for family. It says, I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families. So Abraham was not just given a name and singled out, like pulled, like plucked out and say, you know what, I'm going to bless this one. No, he was also supposed to direct his sons and their families. Direction. Let's talk about this for a second. Direction should come through the father and the mother in the home. Okay? And I said the word should come. Okay? Because that's not always the case, sadly. Direction doesn't always come from the dad or the mom. Sometimes the dad's not there. Sometimes the mom is not there. Sometimes the kids are growing up with a grandma or an uncle or an aunt. But let me tell you something. That's not the way it was supposed to be. But thank God that at least he's put like a father figure or a mother figure there, you know, within that. All right? But listen, this is where the whole concept of upbringing comes from. Direction, following God's direction for your family, okay? Direction should come from the parents, all right? Respect. Teaching the kids respect. Teaching the kids honor. Teaching the children hard work. You know what all these things are called? They're called values. And values establish culture, okay? So listen to this. For example, the disrespect that I'm seeing happening in our nation. People towards other people. Just because of political affiliation. Just because of where they stand on certain views and, and thoughts and, and all these things. And, 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 and I'm scared to see what's going on because what I see is people that are being raised up and taking positions of leadership and authority that have never received correct direction in their lives. So then we have a cancel culture. Have you heard of that word lately? Cancel culture. If you don't think the way that I think, I'm canceling you out. I'm cutting you off. Now you're my enemy because you and I don't think the same way. Let me tell you something. The reason that that's going on is because people have grown up without direction. Without instruction. Without knowing properly how to honor, how to respect And I want to address today, okay, I want to take one minute to do this, but this is more, very important. I want to address a situation that was brought to me this week as a pastor, all right? And pay attention, because as the spiritual father of this house and this family, I'm the one called by God here to bring direction and bring order and bring instruction and it has been brought to my attention that some people from our congregation have been bullying. I could use that word bullying. Picking on people, okay, that have, might not voted for the candidate that you wanted to be voted for. Whether President Trump or President-elect Biden. And it was brought to my attention that there's some people that have not even been coming on Sundays because others have been picking on them. 
And somebody this week reached out to me very hurt that loves this congregation, has served in this congregation, but told me members from your dream team have been picking on me because I didn't vote for who you should have or who they thought that I should have voted for. And I have not gone back to congregate there. And as the father of the house, bringing instruction and direction based on what I'm teaching today, that must not happen among us. That cannot happen here. Listen, because the day that we allow politics to divide us as a church, we're lost. We're the ones that are called to bring light out there, not bring that in here to direct us on what we need to do. Listen. And I know that things are tense right now, and a lot of, you know, people are very like, like this. But none of you in here should be picking on another brother or another sister just because they didn't vote for the candidate that you think that they should have voted for. All right? Not even God does that with us. And you guys know how I stand on this, and I shared it. I did a whole series on four weeks. <laughs> All right? When I was doing the kingdom of God, I spoke about the kingdom of God and politics and government and how that all comes together. And I shared my piece on it. But you know what? I can't become enemies with you guys. We're here as a spiritual family. We're here to work together for the better of our community, for the better of our nation. We need each other. So that's what parents do. Parents bring direction. Parents bring instruction. Parents show how to respect. Parents show their kids how to honor. I remember sitting down with my wife and her family, and this is a funny story, but uh, my wife's older sister, Pauli, okay, when she was a teenager, she served, she served as a Catholic missionary, okay? They still didn't know the Lord yet, and she was a Catholic. And the priest of the place where she used to serve, it was a very poor area, okay, would come to the house every so often to have dinner with the family. They had a good relationship with the priest. And one day, my mother-in-law prepared this beautiful meal because a priest was coming over. And, you know, everybody was so hungry and waiting for the priest to get there. And he finally got there. And everybody just attacked the food. Have you ever been in a place where you don't even get that last amen? The people just go and attack the food. You've seen that before? All right. That was the situation at that moment. And my brother-in-law, which is somewhere back there, Pastor Adrian, and my other brother-in-law, Richard, immediately went and attacked the table and started serving themselves. And the priest looked at my father-in-law and my mother-in-law and said, have you not taught these kids any manners? Don't they know that when there's a guest in the house, the children are the last to be served and the adults are the first one to be served? They said that they just put all the food from their plate back. <laughs> I imagine Richard doing that. He's <laughs> putting the food back and just sitting back in their place with an empty plate. You know what I'm saying? But obedience, respect, honor, all these things that we're losing are taught at home by the family. And God told Abraham, singling you out, that you may teach, direct, instruct your sons and their families, okay? Instruction is given at home. And that's why it's so important, listen, listen, that kids learn how to follow directions at home by hearing the voice of mom and dad giving instructions. Children that you guys are here today, all right? You guys might get tired of hearing mom and dad talk, but that's the way God created it, Okay? And I'm not going to go into this, but in Deuteronomy 6, all right, just 6 and 7, it says that God told Moses to teach the people, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commandments that I'm giving you today. And repeat them again and again and again to your children and talk to them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you go to bed, when you get up in the morning. God is telling them that instruction needs to be going on all the time. All the time, giving direction, giving orders. This is the way that it is. That's how a family becomes a blessing. Because if not, what you have is chaos. And that's what we're seeing. And the third way that a family becomes a blessing, okay? Keeping the ways of God. That's what he told them. I have singled them out 
that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the ways of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Point number three, keeping the ways of God, walking in righteousness and justice. Walking in right, righteousness and justice, okay? As families, we keep the ways of God by walking in righteousness and justice and just to finish off, I want to explain what this is because you might be like, okay, righteousness and justice, aren't those two like the same things? I'm going to break it down to you very easy. Righteousness is vertical. Righteousness is your right standing with God. Okay, the way, okay, that you stand before God, dependence on God, trust on God, obedience to God, forgiveness is standing in right order. For example, God in his Bible commands us to give. He commands us to tithe. You know that when you tithe, you're standing in righteousness with God. You're standing in right order with God because that's what he wants us to do. And maybe you're here today and you're like, Pastor, you know, I don't even have a job. I'm not working. I wish I could tithe. I could do this. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for all those that maybe are starting this year and don't have a job. Okay? And at the end, I want to pray for you guys, but I want to get a commitment from you. And that commitment is if God blesses you with a job, that you would stand in righteousness by giving to God what belongs to God. And that you would tithe and that you would give offerings from the job that you get. And I'll pray that you will be blessed with a good job. So righteousness is standing right with God. It has to do with the vertical. Justice, okay, is the horizontal. Justice, okay, is the horizontal. Justice has to do with your standing with people, with the community, with those that are around you, okay? Your family, okay, is called to keep God's way standing in righteousness with God and in justice. What does that mean? Okay, what it means is that your family is called to make a difference in this world. Stand for truth. Speak up for the poor, for the oppressed. Help the widow and the orphan. Social justice should come from the home and not the political arena. Because that was God's design. That the family would be the one going forth into the community. So what God desired for Abraham and designed for the family is for you and for me today. Each of you guys that are here under the sound of my voice, okay, here at Numa Church, as your pastor, as your leaders here at Numa Church, we want your family to be blessed and to be a blessing. I want your family to be blessed. I want you to have a healthy family, healthy marriage, children that are growing up in the ways of God that there's honor, respect, values in your home. I want you to be healthy financially. I want you to make a difference. I want your family to be blessed, and I want your family to make a be a blessing. And that long after you're gone, your kids, your grandkids are living on purpose, and that they're following God, and that they're loving Him. So today I want to conclude, church, my thoughts by saying that we could be a family and we could have families that establish God's purposes that are a blessing, that leave a legacy. A family that wherever they walk, the land is blessed because you are there. Because you're walking according to God's design. And that you will not bring, instead of blessing, cursing. We want to do away with the curse. And the way to do away with the curse is by walking under the blessing that God has for your family. The question is, do you want to be a blessed family? Do you want to be a cursed family? I think there's nobody here in this room, nobody at home watching that says, you know what, Pastor? I want to be a cursed family. Nobody wants that. So let's go after it. In this series, I'm going to speak to you, and we're going to be sharing, my wife and I together, we're going to share, for example, the role of the man within the family. 
the role of the man. Some of you guys that are here today, some of you men, never had a dad to show you what is your role, how is it that you need to walk. And we know we have a bunch of expectations, but how do I carry them out? We're going to talk about that in this series. We're going to talk about the role of the woman within the family. Man, I thank God for godly women. Godly women make such a difference in their family. Women that understand the purpose which God has placed them there in their family. We're going to talk about in this series about the role of parents and upbringing the kids. And I'm going to do that teaching together with my wife. We're going to lean on each other that Sunday morning. We're going to talk on how we're trying to figure this out together. We're going to talk about economics within the home. Because you know that the number one reason of divorce is because of the way that finances are handled? We're going to talk about that in this series. And lastly, we're going to talk about spiritual family. Us, Numa, part of the body of Christ. So you don't want to miss these next few weeks. It's going to be a blessing. You're going to receive instruction. You're going to be guided. Okay? Now, today as we close... I want you to understand God wants to bless your family. And he wants your family to be a blessing. I want you to close your eyes for a second. And as we get ready to close and get ready to pray right now, I want to pray for your families today. This morning as we stand in this place and some of you guys that are at home saying, Pastor, I wish I was there. I I want you to pray uh, for my family. I want to do that this morning, even if you're there. So I want you to close your eyes and just there ask the Holy Holy Spirit, can you talk to me about my family? Ask this question, Holy Spirit, how do you see my family? And maybe you're just a husband and a wife this morning. Maybe you're not married and you're part of a family. Just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, how do you see my family? And what do you have for my family? Ask those two questions. And just take a moment there. And let him speak to you. How do you see my family? And what do you have for my family? What's your design? for the Garcias, for the Rodriguez, for whatever your last name is. Fill in the blank. Shoot.